You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. The Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 17. The Seahawks take on the 2-12-1 Detroit Lions. NASA Chobie, what's on tap? What's on tap? These Lions are on tap bump, and as you mentioned, 2-12-1, obviously not a great record. The Detroit Lions have had a really tough season this year, much like the Seahawks, but things can be worse. Seattle fans, trust me, they are, and they are worse in Detroit. The Lions began the season losing their first eight games, then they tied the Steelers, lost two more before they were able to taste their first victory. They beat the Vikings 29-27, then turned around two weeks later and smacked the Cardinals, So they're playing better football as of late. They've won two of their last four. However, last week they fell to the Falcons 20-16 in a painful fashion. Um, The Lions were without their starting quarterback, Jared Goff, who was placed on the reserve COVID list. So insert Tim Boyle, who has made his second career start. Raise your hand if you've heard of him. I cannot raise my hand. (laughs) Anyway, Tim actually did a pretty good job. It was a close battle throughout. The game came down to the final seconds. Uh, The Falcons were up 20-16 with 219 remaining in the game. With the football, then on third and seven, Matt Ryan found Russell Cage for a four-yard gain. Unfortunately, and inexplicably fumbled the football, gave the Lions great field position late in the game. The Lions would drive down to the Falcons' nine-yard line before Boyle was intercepted at the one-yard line with 33 seconds remaining in the game to seal the fate for the Lions. Boyle finished the game 24 of 34 for 187 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Jamal Williams led all rushers with 77 yards on 19 carries. Amon Ross St. Brown really had a pretty good day, nine receptions, 91 yards in one touchdown. So, Bump, we know the records aren't great for this head-to-head matchup between the Hawks and the Lions. What are you seeing in the head-to-head beyond the records? You look at the numbers, Nass, the Lions have a better offense on paper than the Seattle Seahawks, Mm -hmm. except when it comes to points per game. Every other category, Lions got them beat. Total ranked offense, Lions 23rd. Hawks 29th, rush offense, Lions 16th, Hawks are 20th, pass offense, Lions are 24th, and the Hawks are 28th. Like I mentioned, only category offensively the Hawks have them is points per game. Hawks are averaging 20, the Lions are averaging 17. When you go over to the defense, total defense, on paper, a better defense, Lions rank 27th, Hawks 31st. Against the run, the Hawks are ranked 16th, the Lions are 27th. Pass defense, the Lions are 24th, the Hawks are 31st. Then when it comes to giving up points, the Hawks are tied for seventh, allowing 20 points per game, and the Lions are 25th, allowing 25 points per game. Time of possession has been a struggle for this team. The Lions average 29 minutes of possession. The Hawks around 24. Interceptions, Lions got nine. The Hawks have eight. So you look at these guys on paper, it should be a pretty good matchup. You see the teams that the Lions have beaten. They beat the Minnesota Vikings. Hawks didn't do that. And they beat the Arizona Cardinals. Hawks haven't done that either. So, you know, you look at the numbers, you look at the records, the team they've beaten. It should be a good game. You never know. End of the season, two teams with nothing to lose. Let's get to know their history. Know your history.
Well, these two teams have not played a ton all time. The Seahawks lead the all-time series 10-5 to with a 1-0 and record in the postseason. Last meeting between these two teams, the Seahawks beat the Lions 28-14 to in Week 8 of the 2018 season. Now, this was a really efficient day for the offense in terms of the Seahawks. After a scoreless first quarter, the second quarter, the Seahawks just went off with 21 straight points, taking a 21-7 lead into the half. Never really looked back after that. Russell Wilson was an efficient 14 of 17 for 248 yards and three tutties. Chris Carson, man, I miss seeing Chris. He had a tough day on the ground, just running the ball hard. 25 carries, 105 yards, and one touchdown. And then our guy, Demo Swag, man. Miss that dude. I'm shocked that he's not tanned up somewhere, man. Miss you, Demo, if you're out there. But uh, Demo had a great day that game. Four receptions, 97 yards, one touchdown. Ed Dixon and Tyler Lockett also added touchdowns. On the other side, for the Lions, they were led by a guy named Quandre Diggs. He led oh, the Lions guy. with eight tackles and one TFL. And every time I think about the Lions, I, I during the holiday season, we should be thankful. I thank them for allowing the Seahawks to get Quandre Diggs for a fifth-round pick. <laughs> that man is a pro bowler, should be an all-pro. That was one of the better steals all time in, in the Schneider era, especially as of late. So, Detroit, thank you for Quandre Diggs. But let's get back into the NFC West. What's the word? Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West? On Hawk Talk. Let's look at this division. The Los Angeles Rams are going on a run right now. They are now 11-4 and four on top of the division. Right underneath them, you have the Arizona Cardinals who have been struggling a bit. They are 10-5. and five. The San, the inconsistent San Francisco 49ers are eight and seven, and you know where we are, five and ten at the bottom of this thing. Now, last week the Rams played the Vikings. The Rams continued their winning streak, this time taking down the Vikings for their fourth consecutive win. They won by a score of 30 to 23, but were in control most of the game. The game changed in the third quarter when Brandon Powell returned a punt. 61 yards to the house, extending the Rams lead to 10. You know I love me some pump returns. Now, this was a huge play because it helped the Rams erase Matthew Stafford's turnover day. He was 21 of 37, 197 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions. It seems he throws interceptions in bunches. It's not one or two. It's like, look, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. <laughs> That's what Stafford does. On the ground, Sony Michelle led all ball carriers with 131 yards on 27 carries. And then Cooper Cup, slight day for him, 10 catches, 109 yards, nothing major. And just like that, after a little outside help against the Seahawks, the Rams are chasing the Packers and the Cowboys for the top seed in the NFC. That hurts. Yeah, no, I had to throw that in there. Just got a little outside help last week. I'm not going to – we don't need to rehash some old stuff. That was two weeks ago. It's in the past. I know you can tell I'm obviously not over that pass interference call <laughs> and the one on Bless Austin. But anyway, I digress. The Cardinals took on the Colts, um, and part of the reason the Rams are back in good position is because the Cardinals have just been brutal the last couple weeks, man. Dropped three consecutive games to the Rams, Lions, and Colts. This was especially disappointing for the Cardinals given what the Colts were dealing with going into this game, man. They were missing all pro linebacker Darius Leonard, and that, that dude is a baller. They are missing four starting offensive linemen and still found a way to go down to Arizona, into the Red Sea, they call it, and beat the Cardinals. So the Cardinals are struggling, man. They are 10-5 and five now. They failed to clinch a playoff spot for the third straight week. Three and five since starting the season, seven and zero. Oh. Kyler Murray, solid, kind of a weird day, like decent stat wise. Threw for two hundred forty five yards and a touchdown. Also ran for seventy four yards, but Arizona was just sloppy. Matt Prater missed two field goals, including 
a go-ahead try early in the fourth quarter. He also missed an extra point. Other than Kyler, I mean, no one else really balled out except Chase Edmonds. Really only other productive guy for them offensively. 16 carries, 56 yards, a touchdown. Also eight receptions, 71 yards. Defensively, Buddha. he did have a day. 12 tackles, one sack, two TFLs, two QB hits. He always finds a way to fill up the stat sheet. And then Carson Wentz, man, he put the game out of reach when he found Desmond Payton uh, in the back of the end zone. Really nice play by him on a 14-yard touchdown, making the score 22-13 to in the fourth. Colts would eventually win by a score of 22-16. to So the Cardinals, they're going to get into the playoffs. They're, even if they lose out, they're still going to get in with 10 wins. But they are limping in the playoffs. They're not playing good football. I'm telling you right now, I will be shocked if they win a game in the playoffs. Yeah, the way they look offensively, defensively, they don't look like the team that came out hot. Things have changed for the Cardinals. Let's go to the 49ers. They played the Titans on Thursday night football and blew a 10-point lead and lost 20-17. to It was a good game, though. Ryan Tannehill threw for 40 yards in the first half but finished with 209 and a touchdown to A.J. Brown. A.J. had a day. He was balling. It was back from injury, 11 passes, 149 yards. Um, he was on injury reserve, had an 18-yard touchdown catch that gave Tennessee a 17-10 lead early in the fourth. Jimmy G and the 49ers would answer. They go on an A-play 95-yard drive, ending with a Brandon Ayuk touchdown, tying the score at 17. Then Ryan Tannehill would take the Titans on a game-winning drive with a 44-yard field goal from Ryan Bullock. Jimmy G. On the day, he was 26-35, 322, one touchdown, but had two costly interception and interceptions. And then Debo does what he does. Heavy lifting for the guy, for the team. Nine receptions, 159 yards, 32 yards rushing on five carries. Debo might be top five most versatile players of the league right now. You know, when you, you know, set up position groups, you know when you get recruited, people get recruited as an athlete. Yeah. They're going to have to start adding that for more guys like Debo Samuel come <laughs> around in the NFL. They say, what's your position? Athlete. Athlete. I do everything. I can throw it. I can run it. I can do everything. Shoot, he could probably play DB. Debo Neat. Samuel is just an athlete, pure and simple. And he's still somehow one of the most underrated guys in the National Football League. I have no idea where the 49ers would be without him. Um, if we want to take a look at these playoff standings, I'll just breeze through this. Packers, one seed, 12-3. and three. Cowboys, 11-4. and four. Rams, 11-4. and four. Bucks eleven and four, Cardinals ten and five, Forty Niners eight and seven, Eagles eight and seven, currently holding down the final playoff spot. And I'll just say this, get it off my chest. It's so painful knowing how many games the Seahawks could have won this season, and to see if they would just even with all that, if they would have just took care of business the last two weeks, they'd be one game out. I have a feeling the Eagles are going to choke down the stretch. The Val- the Vikings are failing. The Falcons are seven and eight. The Saints are going downhill. Washington's going downhill. Things were starting to set up the right way for the Seahawks. Unfortunately, when you don't win and take care of business on your own front, it doesn't matter. The playoffs are not in reach. So let's turn it back into this matchup with the Detroit Lions. Man up. Hey, who man is this? Who man is this? Man up, man up, man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. All right. All right. Let's start at the quarterback position. Good news for the Lions. Jared Goff is back after being on the Colts reserve list. Tim Boyle was there in his absence, made his second career start for the Lions against the Falcons, won 24 of 34, 187 yards in one touchdown, but threw a costly interception late in the game. 
Golf has been inconsistent this season. He's played well, but then he struggled at times. You look at his numbers, he's 311 for 464, 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and is completing 67% of his passes. The common thing when talking about Jared Goff centers around the success he had with McVay. Under McVay, Jared Goff was 42 and 20. That's not including the playoffs without McVay. He is 217 and 1. Now, there are some factors that are involved there. The Rams were really good from 2017 uh, to 2020. And as a rookie, without McVay, Goff was 0-7. So there's no denying McVay has had an effect on the play of Jared Goff. In nine regular season games against the Seahawks, Jared Goff is 202 for 324, 2,406 yards, eight touchdowns, nine interceptions. He's been sacked 17 times and fumbled twice in the playoff game last year he went 9 of 19 155 and one touchdown and he came off the bench he wasn't even supposed to play that game right. uh, but he came off the bench we'd have a thumb injury or something like that ended up having a good day the Seahawks are the 31st our 31st in total defense giving up 385 yards per game they're 31st against the pass allowing 270 per game and fell to seventh in the NFL in points allowed at 20.4 Jared Goff plays decent against the Seahawks, but this isn't the Jared Goff with the Rams. This is yep. the Jared Goff with the Detroit Lions. Doesn't have too many weapons out there. It would be really disappointing if he came disappointed if he came out and played his best game of the year. I feel like guys tend to do that when uh, when they're playing against the Seahawks. Let's hope it doesn't happen this week. I'd hope so. I mean, the Seahawks already lost to you know Taylor Heineke, Colt McCoy, Nick Foles last week. I'm hoping that trend does not continue. And the crazy thing about, so they gave up 24 points last week, just over their average, and they're still around their average. They're still on the season giving up 20 points per game, but clearly some other teams had good defensive battles last week because they fell from four to seven. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm hoping they, they can lock up Jared Goff because he's never done a ton against the Seahawks. He's never just gone off. He's always just been yeah. efficient, but he will turn the ball over. So on the other side, let's look at our quarterback, Russell Wilson against his Lions front seven. Russell came out hot in the snow last week. He hooked up with DK Metcalf on that 41-yard touchdown. Also had a nice touchdown pass to Gerald Everett. Finished the day with decent numbers, 16 of 27, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Unfortunately, we saw him miss a couple big throws. Um, so I don't know how much the weather impacted that finger and just how he played last week, but just some uncharacteristic things we usually do not see from him. Those are throws that he normally makes in his sleep. So, we're hoping he can bounce back this weekend. Again, weather could be a factor again. So we'll see. Hopefully the Seahawks learned a little bit last week about how that's going to be if there's snow on the ground again. On the season in 2021, Russell's 224 for 345, 2,639 yards, 18 tutties, five interceptions, also 33 carries for 154 yards and one touchdown. So when you look at the numbers, those don't look bad. 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. Not that bad. It's just we have such a high standard for Russell Wilson, and, you know, he was in the MVP conversation last year. We expect him to be elite at all times just because that's how he's been for the last decade. So when he doesn't do stuff at that level, it makes you question. You start wondering what's going on. So overall, numbers are pretty decent. We just would hope Russell can get back to what we know we can do, and hopefully that starts on Sunday, especially going up against this Detroit defense who, you know, they're near the bottom in everything, 27th in total defense, 27th against the run, 24 against the pass. 25 and points allowed. They don't get after the quarterback either. They only got 25 sacks on the season. So if there was a game, I'm hoping it's this week. We knew the Bears actually had a decent defense on paper last week. We knew that heading into the game. They actually played well. So I'm hoping that it, that holds true this week. Detroit Lions not great defensively. So hoping Russell Wilson and Shane Waldron and company can uh, take advantage. 
Not great defensively, but they do have a couple of guys who will catch the rock for them, starting off with Amon Ross St. Brown and tight end TJ Hawkinson. That is the other matchup we're looking at. Um, one of the best players, obviously, is Amon Ross St. Brown, a USC product. He has 74 receptions, 692 yards, and three touchdowns. He's a dynamic player, has good hands, will beat you in different re- in ways. Now you go to tight end TJ Hawkinson, has been the other key target for Jared Goff. Hawkinson, 61 receptions. 583 yards in four touchdowns. Now, the Lions passing the ball, I think, is one of their strengths, right? We're going to talk about their running backs here in a minute. But I think with Jared Goff and then Amonse Brown really finding himself as a professional and tight end Hawkinson, they have enough to make some plays. You know, you can't just sleep on these guys. And especially because we have DJ Reed and Bless Austin who are on the COVID list. It's kind of been a bunch of shuffling going on in that secondary these last couple of weeks. And we've also lost Trey Brown, um, Sidney Jones, John Reed. I mean, I'm na- I just named Nass like what four to five names in that secondary. It's hard to find cohesiveness when you have all these moving pieces, but this defense has found a way to, um, allow teams to push the ball down the field, but not score a lot of touchdowns. So hopefully um, this trend continues and the Seahawks can lock down St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson. No question about it. Hopefully DJ Reed and Bless Austin come off the COVID list. The NFL had new protocols that came out yesterday where people only have to quarantine or be on the list for five days. If they're symptom-free, they can return. So hopefully that'll help get a lot of guys back for the Seahawks because their secondary is thin, as you mentioned. But let's flip over to the other matchup. You talked about running backs. This is something they do pretty well. They got some good athletes in the backfield. Speaking of Detroit, we'll start with DeAndre Swift. He is the Lions' leading rusher with 140 carries for 555 yards and four touchdowns. He's also got 56 receptions for 429 yards and two touchdowns. However, he's not played since Thanksgiving after injuring his shoulder. He's getting closer, so we don't know what his status is leading into this game. In my opinion, he's their best player. They are definitely their offense is at their best when he's on the field. If he cannot go, Jamal Williams, he's the second team or the second leading rusher for the team. 129 carries, 536 yards, two touchdowns. He missed the two previous games on the COVID list, but he came back last week against the Falcons, 77 yards on 19 carries. And this other running back, Craig Reynolds, is a pretty good story, man. He's played in just three games this year, but in those games, 48 carries, 224 yards. With injuries to Swift and Williams, Reynolds was called up and rushed for 126 yards on 26 carries in that upset victory over the Cardinals. But, man, he's had a wild journey this year. Back on uh, August 12th, after missing a flight and experiencing delays, he was a free agent running back, goes to Motown, signs with Detroit, and then gets in, essentially signs with them, and is playing the very next day against the Buffalo Bills in the preseason. He's in the huddle, and he's literally introducing himself to guys on the team because they have no (laughs) idea who he is, and he's playing. He had 49 yards, got a touchdown off six carries. Now, running his back coach, Deuce Staley, gave him a, a nickname. They call him Netflix out there. Not because he doesn't work hard and just wants to, like, chill or that, but it just came because he missed a flight and is just waiting to get back on the team. So he's been a great story. So Deuce Staley, shout out to him. I remember watching him run back in those old Philly teams. So he was a, a great running back back in the day. So the running backs, essentially, for the Lions, they, they have some talent there. They're decent at running the football. They have – Several starting caliber running backs. Uh, last week, the Seahawks held David Montgomery to 45 yards on 21 carries. He kind of got loose in other ways. So it'll be a good test for the Seahawks defense. Definitely need to shut down the run against the Lions. All right, let's look at the receiving core. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Nass even threw D. Eskridge into the mix. These guys got to be a factor against the Lions secondary. In games that the Hawks have won, 
DK and Lockett have been a factor. In games that they lost, DK and Lockett have been non-factors. Last week combined, they had five receptions for 71 yards and one touchdown. DK caught his first touchdown since Mm. Halloween Mm -hmm. against the Jags, man, and was held under 60 yards for the ninth time this season. Crazy. On the year, DK has 64 receptions, 846 yards, and nine touchdowns. Tyler Lockett, 65 receptions, 1,053 yards, and five touchdowns. Lockett is five yards away from setting a career-high in reception yards for a single season, and he's also 250 yards away from breaking DK's single-season yards record that he set last year. Um, It would take two huge games, but he can definitely still get it done. Defensively, Detroit is averaging against the pass, ranking 24. 24th, allowing 244 yards per game. Amani Aruraye. Uh, I say sure. that right? Sure. Let's go. I have no clue. I, I got I gotta say right because I'm doing a film session and I'm breaking down his film. So Amani Aruaye nice. is having a great season for Detroit in the secondary. 57 tackles, two tackles for loss, 11 passes defended, and six interceptions. We'll see what he does on Sunday. We'll see what the weather's like on Sunday, too. Two snowy games in a row, impossible. They can't do that, right? Uh, I would hope so. I mean, when I'm standing in the radio booth, it was fine because I'm a little far back. But those windows are open, man. It was cold. It was freezing in Touchdown City. <laughs> but still come see us. Pre-game show starts at 10. <laughs> All right, Bob, let's get in the path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Four quarters, Bob. Four quarters, the Seahawks have seldomly put together four quarters uh, start to finish in a game at all this season, and that's what I'm asking for. I'm asking for a great effort. Not that they haven't been trying, but just be consistent through four quarters. They haven't been able to sustain an effort for 60 minutes. They've had a lot of good moments, quarters, drives, times. I just want to see them put it together for a full 60 minutes. Yeah, please put pressure on Jared Goff. He will throw the ball away. This is the same guy we're used to seeing, man. He will panic, throw it across the middle, throw it up there, and uh, allow you to make plays. And let's see more Carlos Dunlap. Why save him now? I know we've done the load management thing all year. Two games, five sacks. I want to see Dunlap out there. No question about it, man. And with Dunlap out there, they need to stop the run. Keep and keep everything in front. Just I, I want to keep it simple. Let's quote our guy Dave Wyman. I've had coaches tell me this my whole life. Coach Stewart, Coach Hummel, alignment, assignment, key. Boom. Do those three things. Get three pluses on the grade sheet. You're gonna be good to go. Don't make it. Don't make it crazy, man. Stop the run. Keep everything in front of you against this Detroit team. You should be defined on defense. Stop the run and get the run going. Rashad Penny has proven at least the last what three games that look he can make some plays. He's playing with confidence. Um, his interviews are different. You can just feel the confidence in him, man. He's breaking tackles. He's not just getting these easy runs where he's bouncing outside. He's lowering his pads. He looks like a real running back right now. I want to see Rashad get the get the rock. Absolutely. Got to see Rashad carrying that rock, man. He's been crazy this last couple of weeks. And another guy I want to see making plays or guys is Lockett and DK, man. All year we've said it. We just talked about it. When we win games, those guys go off. When we don't, it's not good for us. So find a way to get them involved. They can't have five receptions combined with them. And Gerald Everett, I'll group him in there too because he's been one of the bright spots offensively catching the football. So I want to see all three of those guys making plays, running the football. I just want to see some good bump. Can you? Can you? you know, it's, it's still the holiday season. And we're, there's still snow on the ground. It still feels like it. I just want to see some good happen on Sunday, please. Come on. It's been a long year. Let's send the 12s out with a great win at home. They deserve it. They've been hanging in there with you guys. Let's get her done at home, Seattle. Where can the people 
hear us and all the other podcasts you got going. That's they can hear us everywhere to quote our guy, Jalen Rose. Give the people what <laughs> they want. Seahawks Insiders with Jen Mueller and John Boyle. The Huddle with Dave Wyman, Stacey Ross, and Jay Keeps. Seahawks Stories with Robert Turbin. Be on the lookout for two new episodes that just dropped with Steve Rabel. Seahawks Rewind. Hear instant analysis right after each and every Seahawks game on Seahawks Radio Network. Catch interviews, reaction from Paul Moyer, Michael Bumpus, Robert Turbin, and Ray Roberts. Bump, you mentioned it. Send us out on a victory at home. Seahawks need it. Let's, let's go one another this week. The people want a victory. Let's get her done against the Detroit Lions at home. That was Hawk Talk Preview Week 17. Seahawks at home versus the Detroit Lions. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is NASA Chobie. Talk to you guys soon.